Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Alex Chasovsky on the line. How are you, Alex? I'm great, Michael. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Uh, you help entrepreneurs, and my audience is made up of entrepreneurs across the globe. Many of them are new or relatively new to their business, and they either hit a plateau or they're still trying to figure out who they are and what they want to make and what they want to sell and you know what they want to do in business. So share a little bit about your you know, background and, and the work you do, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Okay, sounds great. So I work for a small privately owned company called ITR Economics. I am a, my title is Senior Business Advisor. So I work with companies one-on-one to help them essentially cut through the noise and be data-driven decision makers. So that takes on multiple facets and uh, can certainly be done in different ways. But for the entrepreneur community, I just want to say that I know it's tough out there right now. You know, the world is a crazy place. You're bombarded by so much information. Sometimes it's difficult to say what is reliable, what is not. Um, So we at ITR Economics work with companies to help them, again, cut through that noise, identify uh, the data series and the economic indicators that will help them have a good kind of navigational sense about what their industry is doing, what the macro economy is doing, and to base their decisions on reliable information. Because I think more than ever before, as an entrepreneur, you have to be a data-driven decision maker rather than relying on your intuition or news, quote-unquote news, uh, whether it's online or in the media platforms. So that's what we do at IT Economics, and that's what I do for them as a business advisor. That's great work because too often entrepreneurs really don't understand the data that they need to be looking at. Uh, they look at, it's like, how many sales did I have today? Or how many phone calls did I make? And it's like, there's more to it than that, uh, especially when you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the success rate of those calls? You know, who are you reaching? Who are your audience members? You know, where are they based? You know, where are other like organizations doing well? Well, you should, you know, go, mimic that somehow, or maybe there's another market that would work well for you that you should dive in. And these are things that many entrepreneurs just completely ignore. They don't even know exists. That's right. If you're trying to handle all facets of the business, sometimes this type of approach falls to the cracks, which is why we've developed lots of great free content for entrepreneurs to peruse and to leverage. It's on our website, www.itreconomics.com forward slash methodology. You've got some tutorial videos, some white papers, some presentations that I've personally recorded that show you how to look at your company data, how to tease out the internal trends in that to see around the corner, if you will, the next three to six months of what you're likely to face and how to leverage, as I mentioned earlier, leading indicators to have a better medium to longer term visibility, the next 12 months, 18, 24 months into the future, what you're likely to face from the industry. And then you can get ahead of that curve, make decisions faster, make them before your competitors, and really gain market share and attract new customers, which is what you're trying to do in the first place. 
it's crucial. And even during a pandemic, I'm, I'm guessing that those stats and indicators are really instrumental right now, even though you know, many organizations are navigating through some waters that are quite unlike anything that we have seen in many, many decades, if not centuries, as far as business is concerned. Obviously, business in 1918 um, probably looked a little different, but the, the element of business and, and selling and serving customers has been the same for centuries. So I, I'd be curious to see, you know, what are some of the things that you guys are flushing out with all that's going on with this pandemic and how businesses are are pivoting and, and being able to navigate through these uh, really strange times. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. Um, so the first thing that every entrepreneur or business owner needs to understand is that the business world has a cycle. Uh, think of it as a sinusoidal waveform. It moves up and down over time. It's predicated and based upon growth rates rather than the actual totals. So if you're tracking your company performance, don't just look at your monthly sales or the total of sales that you did, for example, in 2020 and compare it to uh, 2019, get a, a percentage number and then make a bunch of decisions based on that. You need to do so on a consistent flowing basis, month after month after month to be able to identify the trends as they unfold. So one of the things that we're looking at right now is the input from those key leading indicators that you mentioned is more important now than ever because what we're seeing is that we are approaching what is called a business cycle low in the U.S. economy. We expect that to occur in the first quarter of 2021. And then the rest of this year and onward into 2022 is going to be representative of business cycle rise. So it's some of the best part of the cycle. Now is the time to be aggressive, to be investing for the future growth of your business, whether you do it with cash you already have or by leveraging the low interest rate environment and using somebody else's money to, to, to position yourself for growth. You know, Michael, one of the things that we hear constantly is regret from business owners that they didn't do more during the Great Recession low point. Back in 08 or 09, they didn't buy that company, they didn't buy that machine, they didn't hire those people. And then of course, with hindsight being 2020 vision, they know that the next 10 years was an extraordinary growth story in the American economy. So that's kind of what we're going through right now. We're going through a low point and despite all the negativity, I've certainly from a healthcare perspective right now, we're at the worst part of the COVID-19 pandemic, but there are vaccines. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We think that things get markedly better in the second half of 2021. And so with that knowledge and knowing that we're near or at the low point in the economic cycle right now, this is the time to be investing for the future growth of your business. Couldn't agree with you more. And it's an opportunity for a lot of investment, not only in businesses, but even you know the stock market. Uh, there's we we know that you know in the U.S. the Biden administration is in all likelihood going to be doing a ton of investment in infrastructure in clean energy. Uh, so you know for investors you know or people that are looking to invest you know those are some areas that are going to be getting an absolute ton of money coming into it, which then there will be funneling out into additional industries and work and and things like that in business. So those organizations that work in that space, uh, let's say infrastructure or construction type of things and you know, road construction, for example, we know there's going to be some significant dollars poured into that thing. So those companies that are looking to you know win bids to start getting you know that work that's going to be going on over the next few years they should be 
getting everything lined up and ready to go. That's just one example. There, every business out there, uh, and we know this based on what we're going through with the pandemic. We know that the next, you know, Q one's not going to be pretty. Um, for you know, there's all other ways to describe it, but it's probably going to be a challenging quarter for a lot of different things. But as you said, starting when the summer ramming into 2022, which I'm still having difficulty saying that year because well, we just finished up 2020. We're already talking about 2022. It's like, come on, people, the year hasn't started off that bad, okay? Right. Uh, yeah, there's been some things, you know, especially in the U.S. with the political stuff and whatnot that hasn't been pleasant. I'm hoping that cooler heads will prevail over the next couple of weeks. But we know that once we you know t- turn the tide on the on the pandemic and the cases start dropping and people are getting vaccinated and then we can start looking at getting to whatever normal is going to look like for us for a while that's when businesses again like you said referring to the great recession is it, it's important to start looking at like what do we want to do cuz and I've talked to so many people about this period of time, and a lot of organizations are looking at this as the great reset. It's like, okay, we get to redesign how we want our business. We've got no, there's no strings attached. We can, let's, let's take a look at what we want our business to actually do and make and serve. And when we do that, and we and utilizing statistics and not just do it blindly, um, but you know, look and see where trends are going and where they anticipate to go over the next couple of years. It's a great opportunity for businesses to have just exponential growth if they take the time now to put in the investment. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a lot that you said in there that I wanted to kind of unwrap for just a second. So the first thing I'll comment is there is not really a great correlation between what goes on in the economic cycle and what goes on in the stock market. It's roughly 50-50. So you can't necessarily say you can use the economy to predict movement in the market. I generally speaking agree with you. I think that economic prospects looking up are going to be conducive to uh, you know the profit lines at various companies starting to see some improvement. I do think that it's worth mentioning that the market seems, when you look at corporate profitability and the ascent that we've had over the last several years relative to a relatively flat profit structure, it seems a little bit frothy, a little bit overpriced. But at the same time, you have to recognize low interest rate environment, bonds are paying nothing, the US is still the place to be. So where else are are people going to put their money in the near term, right? So I just wanted to put it out there. We're not financial advisors. I think that there's a lot of um, opinions out there right now that are drastically different. Some people are saying expect a a contraction in the first quarter uh, as a pullback before we get into better market conditions in the latter part of the year. Others are saying, no, it's green sailing ahead. What I will say is that we have to break it down to the vertical market, the industry level, and then to the company level, to your point about construction. So yeah, it does look like there's going to be obviously an alignment between the Senate and the Biden administration and the House. So things like renewable energy and and Green New Deal style initiatives, uh, as well as infrastructure projects and other things are likely to see some some more uh, likelihood of passing. But we typically don't project those things. We wait until the actual legislation gets passed and then we do an assessment on what the implications are. Because as I'm sure you'll know, we've been talking about infrastructure uh, package as a bipartisan supported issue now for the better part of five years and it hasn't gone anywhere, right? So let's not uh, 
Yes, let's just wait and see what they do and then make our decisions. Because I think specifically in terms of investing in those construction companies, when you look at the relationship between the economy and the firms, you have to understand it's a very different perspective. Those companies that are doing residential construction are expected to do very, very well in 2021. Those that are focused in the non-rest sector, office buildings, education, hospital, they're really struggling and commercial real estate in general is expected to have a significant down year in 2021 because it actually lags the economy by about 12 months. So if you look at the contraction we experienced last year, that's what's coming to non-residential. So the firms that you talk about investment opportunities, make sure they're focused on things like road and bridge construction, you know, municipal construction, wastewater facilities, rather than the commercial and industrial uh, buildings space. Because that it's going to have a big difference either way you cut it. I agree. And I I spend time uh, working in downtown Toronto. And since this pandemic, that normally, much like New York or other huge Chicago or other huge uh, U.S. cities, you know, throughout the day from, you know, 7.30 in the morning until even late at night, it's just constant people. You know, there's just some, you know, millions of people that work in the area and are downtown. Since the pandemic, uh, you go down there and it, it's literally a ghost town. It is such a surreal thing. And office buildings, everywhere you can see the financial district all around there, all the big, you know, gigantic office buildings are empty. And when you hear organizations talking about, we're going to remain a work from home type of entity, you think, okay, what in the world's going to happen with commercial real estate? And, you know, the first thoughts are, we're going to have just miles and miles of empty office buildings. My estimate, and again, this is my personal thoughts on this, is there will be an adjustment period. However, as with any type of recession, especially the Great Recession and other downtimes, new businesses are formed and new businesses are going to want to meet somewhere. So there will probably be some reconfiguration of some office space, maybe smaller uh, working spaces and whatnot that are going to be you know, affordable because, of course, these landlords want to rent out their space and get income. So I, I'm not concerned that we're going to be seeing bulldozers knocking down you know, hundreds of commercial real estate buildings across the country. But I, I think I agree with you in the short term, you know, commercial and hospital and, and school are definitely going to be uh, some struggling areas. And if you're in those industries, just like if you're going to be in a growth period, you, you know, you're going to be in a, okay, holding pattern at minimum, maybe you need to adjust uh, here and there. But at the end of the day, look at the stats, see where things are. Don't do a rash decision uh, based on a moment in time. Um, the only time you should make a rash decision is, okay, and even I would say second guess this, is what are you having for lunch? Make a good choice on that. Yeah. But you know, but other than that, don't make business continuity decisions and a step. You know, look at the data. Look at the information out there. Yeah, I, I think I share a lot of the sentiment that you just communicated. So first and foremost, I think human beings are social creatures at heart. 
we're going to want to get back into a social environment with our co colleagues. There's a certain, you know, a je ne sais quoi, something that you can't quite capture by economic data, but something about being together, the collaboration, the water cooler talk, all of that stuff. We're all missing some of that. So I think that by and large, each company is going to come up with their own solution to what the future looks like. But I think that in some capacity, we will be going back into those offices, maybe in, in a smaller capacity, maybe more flexible work schedules, a couple of days a week. But certainly, I don't see the vast majority of the business going completely virtual as they are right now. Um, I think that it's really actually interesting to, to think about the implications of that on what it was like prior. I think a lot of minds have been changed in the sense that uh, the baby boomers in particular thought that, no, we can't have uh, our young people working remotely, right? We're going to lose productivity. We're going to lose efficacy. Uh, and I think they've learned that productivity has remained very high in this online environment. And so uh, businesses that are able to be more flexible and to meet their employees halfway in terms of giving them what they want, they'll have a better opportunity to retain their employees. And certainly they're going to have better morale within the business. So I think uh, I agree with you on that point, certainly. Uh, when you look at our prospects for non-residential construction in 2022, they're actually up. So you're right. I mean, there's going to be this period that is uh, going to be negative year over year in 2021, but 2022 is a growth year. And it's really supported by what we observed last year, which is to your point, there was actually a significant increase in new business formation during the pandemic. So uh, roughly speaking, up 20 to 30% relative to what we saw in terms of new company filings in 2019. That's remarkable. And it really highlights that people were taking opportunity and investing at that low point to position their business for success. One specific and concrete piece of advice that I can give new entrepreneurs that are potentially looking for retail space or office space or anything, Leverage other people's pessimism to your advantage. Over the course of 2021, negotiate lower lease terms and lock that in for a couple of years because come 22, 23, those rates are going to start rising again and you'll be on the benefit, benefiting side of having, you know, use that landlord's pessimism to get yourself a low rate, lock that rate in, and then enjoy the benefits of it down the road. So there's some real tangible implications of using this business cycle momentum to achieve successes for your company. It's great advice because I think many organizations, again, they're looking at things and it's a supply and demand thing. You know, before, and I'll pick on Toronto again, you know, office real estate space in the downtown core was insane and just doubling in price within a six-month period. A client of mine, you know, they, they were able to get in at a certain square foot if they would have waited and they renewed their lease a year before the expiry of their lease. And if they would have waited six months, they would have been paying an additional $20 a square foot. And it was like a 6,000 square feet space. It's like, because the market was just going gangbusters, of course. Now everyone's looking like, okay, what is it going to look like? But I, I agree with you and what you said a few minutes ago. We are social creatures. I, I, as much as I love Zoom, as much as I do other things, you know, going and, and sitting down in a coffee shop with somebody and having a conversation about whatever, or going and meeting with the client face-to-face -face at their place or in my office just to have a conversation, 
It's what we're designed to do. So when I ever hear an organization say, we're going 100% remote forever and ever, it's like, you're going to regret saying that. I don't think that's going to work well. You're going to come up with something and, and like you said, meet halfway. And I think if we can get to that common ground of a meeting halfway uh, where, like you said, it's going to help with retention. It's going to help with work-life harmony for people. If they need to do something during the day, they can, and they have that flexibility instead of being anchored to a desk from nine to five and, and all the things, you know, the old industrial way of, of working uh, it has no place in 2021, in my opinion. And I think that it, it gives opportunities again for organizations to look and go, how can we do business differently to bring the best out of our people in a way that they are fulfilled as well. They feel like they're making a contribution and they also have a life outside of this organization. You find yeah. that you're going to have an organization that's going to deliver the best products and services because everybody is engaged and they want to be the best that they can be. It's about a partnership rather than I'm the employee and you're the uh, employer, right? And it's it's this idea that the old adage of a butts and seats mentality is so outdated at this point. Measure me on my productivity. Measure me on my contribution to the business growth, on my output. Don't measure me on the amount of hours that I take at the desk, right? This, the, Especially, I think, with some of the older generations and business owners and managers, uh, you know, the, the way to get up the ladder was you're the first one in the office and you're the last one to leave, right? There is no consideration of what you do with the time in between, or at least less consideration than, than there should be. So I think the more businesses can evolve, and I've seen this time and time again because I work with individual companies, the business owners that are open to change, they're malleable, they're flexible, they have that engagement. Their people truly view their goals and, and dreams and aspirations as aligned with the company's goals and dreams and aspirations. And that's the best type of outcome that you can have. It's a partnership at the end of the day. I think that's going to make the you know disgruntled employees with all the surveys and statistics that we see uh, start shifting to be a much lower number than it was before the pandemic and even during you know what's going on right now. There's still a lot of unhappy employees because square peg round hole type of running a business in, in a remote world and all that has been definitely a challenge. So, Alex, I've loved our conversation. We could probably talk for about ten days consecutive on this. It's great stuff. So, where can people find out more about you and this awesome work that you do. Yeah, I think the best place is on the website, itreconomics.com. We do presentations at industry events, at company board meetings. Uh, I'm one of our public speakers, so I'd love to come and speak to your organization, give you an outlook for the economy, for your markets, and make it specific about um, you know the industry that you're participating in. We do, as I mentioned, work with companies one-on-one, -on -one, so we provide forecasts for individual businesses three years into the future, what your sales are going to be like, what your unit volume shipping is going to be like. And uh, we also have some great publications, Trends Report, The Advisor, monthly off-the-shelf stuff that you can read to keep up with our opinions. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, all of the social media sites, my personal Twitter account, at Hosofsky. Uh, we're always putting out free stuff, blog posts, opinions, videos, tutorials. We're really focused on making the world of business better. And so I hope that I get a chance to engage with you at some point. Awesome stuff. And I'll have that information in the show notes. So Alex, again, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you. And I love the work you're doing. It's making businesses better, which makes society better. So thanks again for being a part of the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Michael. 
Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.